0: Hi team, I am here with the lovely Bianca and we are going to do, well try and do a podcast today about uh, mental health. So it's World Mental Health Day next week on the 10th of October Um, and yeah we've just dedicated some time now to have a chat about mental health um so yeah a big thank you to Bianca for kindly um agreeing to do this with me not kindly actually boldly <laughs> bravely yeah. Um,
1: Brave and bold. yeah
0: I appreciate it a lot um f- for me like my reasonings for wanting to do the podcast were I really believe like fighting the stigma is about talking um and until we start talking about mental health in the same way that we would talk about our physical health then it will still sort of carry this stigma and these stereotypes um in terms of like us working for a brand like lululemon i think leaning into healthy discomfort is often a conversation we have and yeah we've both admitted yeah we're a little bit nervous to talk about this but it feels necessary and the right thing to do um and another thing that lulu have said like lead let those closest to the problem lead and as someone who's experienced um problems with my mental health I feel like a responsibility to sort of yeah lead a conversation like this. Um so yeah that's my reasoning for wanting to do this. How about you?
1: Um so I think my reasonings are very similar. I think having struggled with anxiety and everything that it brings, I feel like a need to sort of help people who who are also struggling or who have struggled um, to kind of help them. Really, I mean, my entire purpose in life, probably because I know Lululemon, like we're we're really into finding our purpose, is to help other people feel better. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I wanted to do this today, just to see if there's anything that I can, if there's any knowledge that I can impart to just help other people feel better and realize that it's okay. I know this sounds cliche, but not to be okay, yeah, and you know it's it's something that a lot of us go through, even though we seem like we're absolutely fine,
0: yeah, totally, and it's just about like that vulnerability isn't it of showing that if we can talk about it, like the rest of our team can talk about it, yeah exactly um, and yeah like i I've always been so open to like people talking about their mental health to me but i just think god if i'm not gonna like sit there and willingly talk about mine myself mm-hmm. how can then you expect yeah. someone else to
1: yeah to be to like it's it's that being able to be vulnerable about yourself rather than yeah you will be there for other people and you will understand but it's it's that vulnerability for you and showing that that you can that you can let that guard down as well i think yeah. it's hard to it's hard to admit
0: 100 percent, it is hard issue. yeah but so that feels like brave for us both to be sat here already so yeah hats (laughs) off to us um yeah this far in um (laughs) we're already winning i think yeah the fact that we've dedicated the time to sit here and and talk about it yes yeah do you want to kick us off and like let me know yeah like your story your experience with your mental health yeah um so
1: I don't think I, I've never really struggled with anxiety as a kid. Um, I was always pretty, pretty confident um, and a happy child, which is really nice, um, but I came to university when I was 19, and in my first year of university, my first semester, literally the October, um, so 10 years ago this month, <laughs> which is really scary, um, <laughs> my dad passed away. And that really, really knocked me because I'd never sort of um, dealt with anything like that before in my entire life. Never dealt with any grief and being thousands of miles away from home in Sri Lanka, it was, it was a huge, huge thing for me. And um, I started to struggle with my university assignments um, and like... I started to worry about what um, all of the girls in halls were thinking about me and whether they were talking about me, which I'm sure they weren't, but it was these things that kind of worried me and I ten- I started to feel like my nerves were on edge and I didn't know if it was grief or if it was something else or yeah. if it, this was just like something that was happening to me. Um, so. A year or two down the line, I was still sort of struggling with university assignments. Got I got everything in, but there was this underlying tone of, like, just anxiousness. Yeah. Just worry. just and it, Anxiety <clears throat> for me is waking up in the morning and thinking something awful is going to happen with your day. And that was me for, like, years. And I didn't yeah. really... I couldn't really... You, you don't really know what's going to happen, but that's that's kind of, like, that... That feeling of dread at the pit of your stomach—that something's bad is going to happen—and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. what happened to me. And then I started to deal with issues with my skin, with um, IBS, and yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, really. And it's yeah, that's that's kind of how my journey began with mental health.
0: So, so yeah. you say you started with it like the age of nineteen when you first went to university, mm-hmm. did? you feel like you noticed it as as soon as it started. Like did you think, okay, this is anxiety, this is what I'm suffering from or do you think it took you a while to really know like what that feeling was?
1: No, it took me years. It I think it was only perhaps four years ago that I actually realised it was anxiety. Really? I just thought I was I actually thought I was struggling with grief for a very long time. But then I realized It doesn't Grief doesn't last that long I wasn't sad I was just There was something else Happening Yeah In my mind That it wasn't right Like every time I'd get on a plane Two weeks before I'd have stomach problems Like cramps You know Stuff like that But It was because I was worried about Getting on a plane I never had that issue before
0: And I was going to ask you Like what What were the effects Like physically What did Like yeah What did it look like For you symptom wise And it's yeah it's crazy isn't it that yeah something going on in your mind can give you physical symptoms like stomach cramps it's
1: unreal unreal how much it affects you but yeah so what about you what um what was your sort of journey with mental health especially in the beginning
0: so i feel like it's always something i've been surrounded by like i've always had sort of an awareness of as mental health um my grandma, for as long as I can remember, really, has always struggled with, um, it was originally bipolar, um, turned depression, um, and really severe depression. Um, my mum has always had her struggles, it's always been something, like, I've been sort of aware of. Naively thought it would be something I would never struggle with, which is crazy, really, isn't it? And I look back and think, it's in the genes, really, this is, so it's a kind of a possibility. Um, but yeah, naively thought, like, oh, like, no, like, I'm a positive person, I'm bubbly and full of energy. It won't happen to me. Um, which, yeah, I look back and think, God, Amy, how foolish to think something like that. Like, no one, no one is immune yeah, to it.
1: But nobody knows
0: either. You don't know. No, 100% not. And you don't plan for it, do no. you? You don't expect Thank it. God, no. um, so for me, like, there's probably always been times in my life where I struggled with it on and off. Um, but the one time I remember was when I was up in, I was living in Newcastle um, for my placement when I was at Nike. So I was 19 as well, actually. 19 mm-hmm. turning 20. Um and the period i can't even put like a time on it like how long it was it was it feels like such a blur the whole time period where i felt this yeah like deep sadness like it was probably over the course of 2 months but it could have been longer and i could have just been sort of blocking it out mm-hmm. um and yeah so i can't really describe how it started or really how it came to an end because like i say the whole period was so blurred um But I just remember... I remember how critical I was of myself. And I would go to work. Like I say, I was working at Nike. I felt incredibly lucky to have such an amazing placement with an amazing team. Um, But I remember going to work and thinking, I can't do anything. And I physically sat there and I would try and type. And I couldn't. Like, my energy was just an all-time zero. I just had no motivation, no dedication. I just had... Like, everything was just felt drained from me. Yeah. There was days when I would call in sick because I physically couldn't get up in the morning. And I would hate myself Mm -hmm. because I'd be like, you're being lazy. You've got a job to do. Like, people rely on you. And I I literally couldn't get out of bed. It's
1: that self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? The more you do that, the worse that you feel about
0: yourself. And it kind of just keeps going. 100%. And it was, I think, a process of of denial. I wasn't Mm. allowing myself to feel what I needed to feel. And I wasn't allowing myself to accept that yeah like yeah. I was really struggling I look back and I think oh my god like you, you couldn't get out of bed in the morning like something wasn't yeah. quite right um but yeah I just I didn't want to accept it I didn't want to be that person who mm-hmm. who was struggling with their depression so I never went to the doctors um I just felt like I don't want the label um yeah. I feel like I know what they're going to tell me mm-hmm. um so I did I continued to try and fight it and fight it and fight it and that's Really unhealthy and it made it yeah. it made it a lot worse. And I look back and I think imagine if I'd gone into the office every day with like a broken ankle I'd mm-hmm. walked around on that broken mm-hmm. ankle all day, like it was completely fine. Like how sore and swollen and fatigued would my ankle be when I got home? That was my mind. Yeah. I would come home and just crash because I've been putting on this front all day at the office. Yeah. Like, I'm fine, I'm totally okay. Running on empty mm. and then would come home and just yeah get straight into bed i'd occasionally venture out for some comfort food from mcdonald's or something like that yeah um but yeah that's that's how it sort of manifested itself for me it was a lot of fatigue it was a lot all i wanted to do was sleep i didn't want to do anything else Mm -hmm. um yeah anything that i took any joy in disappeared um i joined a pole studio up there i didn't want to go there anymore i didn't want to ring my mom i didn't want to ring my friends yeah i just didn't want to do anything
1: did you feel very isolated
0: I think I did, and I think that's probably what triggered it was an element of loneliness. Yeah, I was—I'd never been that far away from my friends and my family before. Mm-hmm. Um, that my team at work were—they were all older than me. They were like my parents' age, so they weren't people I socialized with outside of work. Yeah, yeah I think I did feel isolated. And You know what? The most ironic thing about it all was. The days that I could get into work and I could do something. I was working on a mental health project.
1: Oh my God, no way.
0: And I look back and I think, gosh, the irony of that. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: I was part of the HR team and I was, yeah. And I launched this project around mental health at Nike yeah. and in HR and said, like, our company doesn't do enough. We focus so much on physical being. We're not doing enough for people's mental wellbeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back and I feel a little guilty about how hypocritical it probably was because I was sat there encouraging other people to talk. Yeah. And be open about their mental health, but I told I told no one.
1: And why did you tell no one? Was it like because of this sort of? You didn't want to be labelled. You didn't want that stigma on you. Is is it because you just perhaps felt like I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like if like did you feel like weak or not enough? What, yeah. What was it? I think
0: it was that. Yeah. I think it, it was. I don't. I didn't want the label. I didn't want to admit it to myself. I didn't yeah. want it. I just didn't want it. Basically, <laughs> like it was literally. Probably as black and white as that. I was like, no, I don't want depression. So I'm yeah. gonna fight it and fight it, and I'm not gonna tell anyone because they'll probably tell me, mm, all your symptoms sort of add up to the fact that like you may yeah. be suffering with your depression. Um, yeah, I didn't want it. I wanted I wanted to be like positive Amy, bubbly Amy, yeah. um, the energy in the room, Amy.
1: Yeah, which is you usually.
0: Which that wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and I'd get the odd comment from my colleague like, oh, you've been quiet this week, and then i'd feel like a failure i thought right okay i've not tried hard enough to cover it um and yeah i remember my one of my colleagues saying that to me oh you've been quiet like not yourself this week so then the next day i was like extra me yeah but not really me at the time like the me i thought i should be and then Mm -hmm. i got home and was more exhausted and i feel like the next day i didn't go in because i was so my mind was just so mentally drained Mm -hmm. so
1: you just couldn't (laughs) the only thing more exo- more exhausting than being depressed is pretending that you're not
0: yeah yeah it rings that rings so true i think i think my experience would have been less exhausting and probably less prolonged if i'd have admitted it to myself earlier on like yeah. stop pretending like just go with it like mm-hmm. this is it's just a yeah a process of acceptance
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I just wasn't in that place
1: and like obviously you're working for Nike right mm-hmm. so was there any sort of other than the mental health project that you were working on I was on working time, on yeah <laughs> was there any sort of anybody that you could talk to did you feel perhaps comfortable talking to anybody or was it just that you didn't let yourself
0: well yeah it got to a point where I was like this isn't right anymore and for me it's like I enjoyed my job and I loved my job and I was like my productivity is at an all-time zero right now Mm -hmm. i can't perform my job i just can't because i can't get out of bed in the morning when i am at work i physically haven't got the energy to do anything um i was starting to feel worse and worse really yeah um yeah it got to a point where i used to drive over the tyne bridge every single day and not they ever thought about doing anything crazy Mm -hmm. but i started to empathize with the people that did yeah that was the moment i was like not that i would i don't think things yeah. are that bad but wow people are throwing themselves off this bridge and if they felt like i did worse for a prolonged period i get it
1: yeah fair enough i get
0: that um and i'd lost my friend to suicide about six months before
1: oh wow and i was
0: starting to really like think god i miss him like crazy and yeah I wish he hadn't done what he'd done, but my God, I understand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if he felt... And he had, he'd felt like that for years and years and years. And yeah. I was like, God, I never thought I would understand truly, but... He did. I understood a little bit of yeah. it now. I was like, people in their lives, because they feel how I do, may be worse for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And yeah.
1: And there are so many people that do struggle with it, and that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Like, like you, they can be the bubbliest person in the room, and yet behind... Yeah. ...behind everything behind this like mask almost there's she's very timely considering that we're all having to wear masks (laughs) all of the time now um but it is it's just that that you really have no idea what's going on behind like yeah behind somebody's mask
0: yeah mask yeah and like i totally agree with that quote you read out like it's it's wearing the mask that's the most exhausting part Mm -hmm. um but yeah, to answer your question, it was those moments where I was like, gosh, like, this is getting worse yeah. and worse. I was like, I need to do something about this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Nike had an EAP, which is an employee assistance programme. Lululemon okay. also have one. Um, good to know. Yeah. Um, I've heard really good things about it. The one at Nike, yeah, I can't, I can't really praise it enough. It went, I should have rang a long time before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd go, I'd be driving home from work, and I'd be like, right, tonight's the night I'm going to ring. I'm going to ring them up, and I'm going to see like, how they can help me. Um, all sorts went through my mind like mm, no like your past help talking won't cure this like you're in such a a, a sad sad state that nothing is going to help you right now wow. but I did I reached a point where I was like well I've got to try I have yeah. to try something absolutely and you know my family and my friends went through my mind and yeah. I did I used to have visions of like being at my friend's funeral and looking at his mum and all those people who loved him yeah because she shivers yeah I um, can't even imagine when we were 19 yeah like it, and I just thought I couldn't I couldn't yeah. put my friends my family through anything like that and yeah I think that's what kept me going and that's what made me make made the, makes the phone call after mm-hmm. putting it off for a really really long time and yeah within a few minutes on the phone I was in tears and I never thought I would cry on the phone to a stranger mm-hmm. something I never thought I would do but they asked the right questions and she talked to me for probably an hour and a half there and then which is what I needed Mm -hmm. like I needed it right there right then um yeah about things that have gone on and things that might contribute and yeah she just reassured me that I think I didn't feel worthy of the depression and she spoke to me about that so I felt like not enough sad things had happened in my life
1: yeah so kind of like that thing that oh there's I know that there's somebody but it's worse off than me right now so why do I need help yeah why should I take that help from somebody else? Yeah, that's but the But you process. needed the help.
0: Yeah, I needed the help. But I just thought, Everybody no, like... <laughs> yeah, I just thought, no, there's somebody worse off. Like, I've, I've mm-hmm. got a great family. I've got a great job. I've got great friends. I'm okay. Yeah. Like, why am I... Oh, I should
1: be okay.
0: I should be okay. Yeah. I think I felt guilty. And yeah, not worthy of it. Um, but she talked to me. And she made me rephrase what I was saying. Like, a friend was telling me what I was telling her. When I thought about my closest friends, if they were to tell me, like, what I was talking to her about, she said, would you feel sorry for them? And I said, yeah, I'd feel mm-hmm. sad for them. Like, I'd been bullied by, like, some of my friends at school when I was, like, 18. I'd lost my friend. A lot of things had, like, built up. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Actually, maybe things haven't been as rosy as yeah. I thought they had been. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, I rang her once and she gave me an, a load of amazing tips and I never rang back again. And it it did wonders for me. That, it was about an hour yeah. and a half, that phone call. So, and yeah. it really
1: helped you.
0: It really, really helped. And I felt like I, I took a bit of a turn from there. And, yeah, just started to make
1: That's amazing. moves
0: to, like, yeah, improve. Yeah. And it was just one conversation, I think, is what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved home and things just got better, really, I think. Yeah. Like I say, it was a blur. The start was a blur. The end was a blur. So there wasn't
1: anything... Was, was there anything that, I, like, you did that actually helped you, like... I know um they say like exercise helps or you know going for a run and things like that or like eating healthily um did anything like that or was it really just like actually just being able to admit it to yourself and to a stranger on the phone that really just helped you kind of realize snap out of it
0: yeah I think it's probably a combination of those two things I started going back to pole Mm -hmm. I started ringing my friends up again facetiming my parents um that was definitely a process in like the recovery of it but i think i just accepted it and yeah. like your quote says once you stop fighting it it's less exhausting yeah. and i stopped fighting it and i accepted okay like yeah i, I am struggling mm-hmm. um and yeah that like the weight was just lifted mm-hmm. i think and then i could manage the depression yeah because i wasn't managing the depression and also fighting against it at the same time
1: yeah because that's that's tough yeah <laughs>
0: How was your like recovery process? Like, do you ever remember getting help from anyone or did you talk about it? Um my recovery process, my gosh. Um,
1: so God, it's a hard one because I I struggled, obviously I've struggled with this for like ten years. Yeah. Um, and it's been almost a daily thing for me. So I kind of just thought I was okay. But I got to a point where I I was struggling, really, really struggling with IBS and heartburn and um, and things like that, mostly on a daily basis. So I went to the GP, um, and they they prescribed me all of the stuff that you prescribe someone for IBS, like peppermint tablets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And nothing would help. Nothing. Absolutely nothing would help. And I'd get stomach cramps every time I went back to my uni house, and it was awful. Um. And then. A few years ago, I, well, I started going to the gym, I started doing yoga, um, and I found that kind of helped me sort of become a little bit more clear about, like, and a, a little bit more relaxed as well. Um, but I still struggled with getting on a plane, still had stomach cramps, like, two weeks before I was even about to travel, uh, mostly back home to Sri Lanka. I'd, um, I'd struggle driving to places, so that was one of my biggest things. Like, I learned how to drive, and then I was so scared of driving anywhere that I just wouldn't do it. Of course. Um, so I was just I literally anywhere that I didn't know that I was going, I just wouldn't go. And I, I think that's when I realized like this is, this is really limiting my life. Like it's it's stopping me from being able to go and visit my friends being able to go and visit my family from getting a job somewhere that's different to the you know
0: the village that I live in and it's crazy now look at us like yeah uh, yeah like nowhere near to the same extent I hated driving somewhere I didn't know and for someone yeah who struggled with it so intensely and you had the hypnotherapy for it right Yeah. and to be here at the Trapper Center (laughs) and we are the two people aren't we out of the whole team who live the furthest away exactly yeah go you (laughs)
1: um so yeah I think I think that's kind of when I realised. I I went I still one of my friends who I'd worked for previously, she was like, you know that's not normal that you shouldn't be like worrying about driving on a motorway to the airport and I was like, No, I know (laughs) she was like, Maybe you should go for hypnotherapy um, and I was like, right. Because I had no idea what that was. I was like, somebody's just going to hypnotize me and, like, you know, wave something in front of my face and I'm going gonna, gonna to bark like a dog or something. <laughs> um, and, and that's basically what I thought. But I went, I went to hypnotherapy. But it's solution- You have these
0: prejudgments, though, don't yeah, you? I do. I had I'm them help. Up for the same with therapy. Like, oh my God, only crazy people go exactly. to therapy. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's these was, prejudgments, isn't it? Exactly. They're actually really nice. And mental. I was like,
1: no, I'm normal. <laughs> it's like. <fine. laughs> Um, As I'm doing my yoga, and to be honest, my yoga and my my meditation practice really, really helped me. But I have to admit, I went to hypnotherapy, and this lady told me how my brain worked. And that has since changed my life. Because I realized that my brain, when I was driving down the motorway, would be thinking about, well, if you crashed, you drive into that ditch or you drive into that barrier your car would turn over you would then be flung out of the car and you'd be dying on the on the side of the motorway and i i would picture that entire event in my head which then meant my brain thought that that's what that's what was happening to me at that exact point
0: that's what caused you which which is then
1: what's caused my adrenaline to heighten yeah my heart start racing, my stomach to become in knots, and I'd get panicky. Just because my brain had told me this is what could happen. And it's that fight or flight response. Yeah. And I think the moment that I realized that was a huge, huge turning point for me. Because then I realized I was like, I can control this. Not all of the time, but for a lot of the time, I know... I can control and say actually that's not what's happening right now I'm just, I'm just driving on the motorway behind a red fiat and life is good <laughs> the sun is shining and I'm fine but that's what it took for me to understand how my brain processed things and that this primitive part of my brain was thinking you need to save yourself you need to protect yourself by making me think that something awful was gonna yeah. happen when
0: it wasn't and by explaining it like that like, i definitely like have it gave me the ability to empathize when you described the, the crash and the car yeah. flipping and you being flung out of it and i think god I, I felt that when you spoke it and to think gosh if that's how you felt every time you got in your car look i do not blame you for not wanting to drive <laughs> anywhere because and it's like i yeah. found also a quote where it said anxiety is like looking in your pocket or your back for your phone or your purse and it's not there that instant feeling of panic is what anxiety feels like constantly. Yeah. Does that ring true yeah, with you? It
1: is. It is. It's that it's that feeling, it it is, it's horrible. It's that feeling of your heart racing and you have no idea why. But your all of your senses as well are completely heightened. Like and you just and yeah, it is. It's that like, oh my god, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Constantly. It's
0: nuts. Yeah, that feeling <laughs> yeah just as exhausting as (laughs) the process they do it is exhausting isn't it yeah
1: and this is why like yeah you'll have less energy less ability to kind of like communicate with people there are some days that i just couldn't i just couldn't i was just like no i don't want to go outside it's taken
0: everything out of me yeah no i I am plus that completely and that quote like did i'm glad i found it and i'm glad you explained Mm -hmm. the whole car crash thing to me like that because not many descriptions of mental health Make the person reading it feel it.
1: Yeah, because if you it's don't so separate hard. with it, you have no
0: idea. No, no idea. And like, yeah. I'm not saying I I understand how you felt from reading that, but it gives me maybe ten percent of what it might feel like. Because I know what it's like to look in my purse and be like, oh my god, like I've lost my keys or I've yeah. lost my my phone. That instant feeling of panic, like yeah I know what that feels like. Exactly. And when I think, wow, that twenty four seven that's intense Mm
1: -hmm. that's really intense it is intense
0: but that's I think what the struggle is with a lot of mental illnesses like unless you've experienced it it's so hard to describe isn't it like depression didn't feel like just a sadness it was it was so much more than that it was like a paralysis it was that deep level of sadness that you would you were paralyzed and you stopped and anxiety seems similar that your mind took over and it physically stopped you from doing things even though one part of your brain really wanted to do that
1: exactly i was like i want to get a job i want to get a great job i want to be able to travel and do yoga in random places i I don't know i just wanted to live my life and it was stopping me and that's when i realized i was like no i need to i need to sort this out yeah because it's not the way i wanted to
0: live the rest of my life so where do you think you're currently at with your mental health like the bianca i know met two months ago is calm and so kind and yeah before we started this and i was freaking out that was too warm that was too much noise (laughs) blah 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 it's fine like we'll do it again if we need to do it again or we'll have the conversation another time and yeah that's the you i know but i'm also not naive in thinking like your mental illnesses they don't just disappear and never come back so yeah where are you up to now
1: um I feel I feel pretty good now. I mean, there are days that I struggle sometimes. That I'm like, oh, why is everything so loud? Everything's <laughs> a little bit too much. And when my senses are a little bit heightened, and then I'm like... But I think the thing about me is that I know now, A, how I feel, and I can be honest with how I feel about myself. So if I can come in, and I do sometimes... Like the other day, I think I was I was saying to Chloe, I was like, my anxiety is really high today. And I can admit that. And I can be like, right, what can I do to help that? I can do pranayama. So I can do like breathing exercises. I can listen to meditation. I can do yoga. I can run. And I can... There are so many things that I have in sort of my... I say my arsenal. Yeah, yeah, my, my toolkit uh-huh. against... You know to, to help me deal and sometimes you know that's all I need is just to kind of know that I have all these things behind me that I've really you know that I've really put in my toolkit to be able to to be able to deal with those things yeah and it's not so bad amazing
0: I'm glad like yeah. it's so nice to hear that yeah you're in a place where you really struggle but now you have yeah this toolkit yeah. and you have so many things in your toolkit like you've yeah. seen you're such a rounded person and oh, yeah you. I admire your toolkit and
1: yeah
0: I think I think we're all working on our toolkit in one way or another aren't we and yeah
1: exactly
0: yeah I think like I I added to mine probably in lockdown actually and mm-hmm. I went for therapy properly I didn't just right. go for like a one phone call um yeah I, I went for therapy it was over Skype obviously because no yeah, uh, <laughs> no meetups allowed <laughs> um and it just dealt with a lot of like more deep root issues yeah. and I feel in like so much a better place
1: so, so in terms of your depression, do you feel well? Obviously, that you suffered with previously, you feel like even having therapy, what years later,
0: yeah, yes,
1: has later. helped.
0: Yeah, sort of hundred kind percent. Of like you say, it gives you that toolkit, and like I mm-hmm. understand my mind better. So, like the hypnotherapy helps you understand the way your brain worked. Yeah, I now understand my brain and the way like it works, and what I'm currently practicing now is being kinder to myself. So. Mm-hmm if i'm having a bad day i'm having a bad day and that's all right yeah
1: it's like feeling the feels
0: feeling the feels i love that (laughs) yeah that's what it is that's totally what it is so that's where i'm at like yeah being kinder to myself um if i say i'm gonna get up and go for a run and it doesn't happen i think oh well maybe i needed that extra hour in bed maybe i needed that sleep something i never ever could do before i was so like no you must do this now you must do it this way it has to be done blah blah blah
1: not putting as much pressure on yourself
0: yeah and it's life is so much easier that way
1: (laughs) I'm like why didn't
0: I discover this years ago so yeah that's where I'm currently at so in terms of mental health in our team like how do you do you think we have an open space do you think our team feel comfortable talking about their mental health or do you think there's areas where we could maybe offer more support um
1: I think i well, I can only speak from my experience, obviously. Um, and I feel very comfortable speaking about how I feel with the team. And I think, um, especially at Lululemon, this is the first time I've ever experienced it in the sense that we have a clearing. As yeah. soon as you come in, do you have anything to clear? And sometimes, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I had a really shit night's sleep last night. <laughs> Sorry for swearing.
0: It's allowed on my podcast, take it.
1: Or like, this is going on. And I think... That makes everybody else aware, like oh, Bianca's had a really bad night's sleep last yeah. night, so let's just put her in the back room, or like, <laughs> let's, you know,
0: let's, let's not piss her off yeah, today. She's crying Exactly,
1: <laughs> and I think, and I think it's that sort of that empathy, thanks to knowing, because if what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, having that open, honest space, I think, is really, really important. And yeah. Something that I really admire our team and. And Lululemon for for providing.
0: Hundred percent. When I started yeah. and found about out about the clearings, I was like, "This is amazing! Like, it's just simple concept, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, it just should be like the norm, shouldn't it? Like, when you start work, someone asks how are you? Like, really, how are you? Yeah. Like, have you got anything on your like, mind not, that you need to let go of? Yeah, it's
1: not like a superficial.
0: How are you? Okay? Yeah, it's genuine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. No, I'm on board. I love I love our clearance. I think the okay. only thing I thought was if like I ever did go yeah suffer a period again where like my mental health was I was struggling with it and I was yeah starting to like feel the symptoms of depression again Mm -hmm. would I come in on a Monday morning and someone says you've got anything to clear and I'd go yeah I'm feeling depressed like I probably wouldn't I'd probably say like oh the motorway was bad like for me those are the types of clearings that I would make so for me I just want us to make some some form of commitment to providing that space where we can clear in a deeper sense yeah do you know what i mean so having like i don't know like a few times a week or a few times a month or something where we can really sit down and be like how is our mental health like how is everyone really feeling on a more on a broader basis like week in week out how are we feeling at the minute and really check in opposed to just like every morning Mm -hmm. like oh yeah i didn't sleep well yeah those things are helpful but Yeah,
1: like a more a more deeper level. I think that's a great idea, actually.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that feels like the only thing I guess we're missing, and I hope that this is like a step to, yeah, making our team feel like it's an open space Mm -hmm. to 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 talk. It's really private to some people, isn't it? Some people really struggle in in talking about it, and this hasn't been easy. Um, (laughs) but it's so important, and I really think if people hear us talking about it, they would hopefully feel comfortable in knowing. Yeah, like we are in a team where you mm-hmm. can if you're gonna come in and tell me like the physio you're having because you sprained your ankle doing crossfit or on a run or yeah. the aches and pains you're having from your yoga classes, come in and tell me how your mental health is.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want
0: it to be as normal as that.
1: And it should be. There shouldn't there shouldn't be any difference
0: really. No, definitely not. I and mean, you know what, I was having a conversation with my auntie the other day um about the time I went traveling I went traveling when I was 19 as well actually and she uh she said god it was so brave of you like I can't believe you did that and I had, I have a thought about it and I was like was it brave and I thought to her it really was because that's something that would scare her so mm-hmm. much like I went on my own and I was young and I thought yeah it scared me a little bit but not that much yeah. and I, then I thought afterwards can we she said to me what well, what do you think was brave and I thought what's the bravest thing I've ever done and making that phone call to that therapist Mm-hmm. on that like tuesday night that for me was probably the bravest thing i've ever done um because it scared me it scared yeah. the life out of me and it took so much courage and yeah. so much bravery yeah. to do that um did. and i think you know what it shouldn't have had to have been brave it should have mm-hmm. ha- it should have been normal it should have felt normal yeah um it but it is these stereotypes and these stigmas that make you feel like this isn't normal
1: yeah or less than
0: less than yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much thank for you, being here and talking to people just being so vulnerable and honest um i feel honored really genuinely to have yeah. had, like this conversation yeah with you.
1: i'm really glad we had this conversation as well
0: actually. yeah i feel like we know each other on such a deeper level now like yeah, yeah i've bared my heart to you <laughs> um and the rest of the team i guess so mm-hmm. it's for me been such a positive thing and yeah. mental health awareness week is next week i've got some more things yeah planned and lined up for it's us so time. Yeah, I don't know what you say at the end of a podcast. Neither do I,
1: but thank you. Like and subscribe.